0: Welcome to the Buckle Teal Football Show. My name is Miles. The 2022 NFL Draft is over. I gave my initial thoughts on the first round, Thursday night. So go check that out for a a deep dive into the first 13 picks or so. uh, And then also into the A.J. Brown trade to the Eagles, the Hollywood Brown trade to the Cardinals. But now the draft is completed. I want to circle back around a little bit more. You know, the, the Jets, Eagles fans, Giants fans feeling great. Ravens Colts Chiefs fans feeling a nice sense of sturdy sustainment boy we sure nailed the draft every year Browns Patriots Titans fans maybe maybe scratching their heads maybe drinking their beers let me get my uh purple sport coat on here hopefully y'all appreciate this purple sport coat is hard to find very hard to find uh (laughs) Now, I'll try not to be a, pull a Minnesota grandpa here and, and, and go on a ramble, um, so why not get right into it? Welcome back. Muckleteal Football Show, episode 61. This show is football everything, NFL history, NFL legacy, within the ups and downs of an NFL season. Uh, follow us at M-U-K underscore football on Twitter at muk underscore football uh subscribe share review on apple spotify anchor wherever you get your podcasts wanted to start with the quarterbacks running backs we'll come back with receivers for part two uh because i i can responsibly talk about those players i uh, yeah, i'm not gonna talk i i don't know corners d backs you know oh this is this is my third graded tackle you know like i don't know that i i um I look forward to learning about that stuff before the team previews. You know, in the summer, that's kind of what I do generally. I, I I'm interested in the skill position players for fantasy reasons, of course, and then the other players. You know, we can kind of digest that as we learn about the teams ahead of training camps. And we got a couple of weeks or a couple of months here uh, to do that. So, running backs, receivers are the first two rounds. That's going to be this episode. But we also have to start with the story of the draft the fall of the quarterback. <laughs> now we all knew that this quarterback class was bad. I mean we we heard it from the beginning of the college football season. It's been consistent. we've talked our, we've talked ourselves into it over the course of April as I accurately predicted by the way, but it's <laughs> almost everyone predicted this the media wants quarterbacks to be drafted because that's what drives ratings. Because talking about Pickett, talking about Ritter, talking about Willis, that's what people care about. That's what they're going to click on. So you want the player to be taken higher. But the fact is, nothing changed. These quarterbacks are a terrible group of prospects. Not terrible people, just bad prospects. And that's what we saw in their draft positions. Um. And that that like sense of whiplash might get lost over time, but it man, seeing them fall like this was surprising. Uh, let let's let's start. Well, we did talk about Kenny Pickett, the only quarterback taken in the first round. Surprising, because a lot of people did not have him at, at number one. I definitely did not. The Steelers took him with the twentieth overall pick. Um, pres- the my only theory is because I am not a Kenny Pickett fan. My only theory is that there is some sort of deep institutional systemic ghosts in that building in Pittsburgh. That is like, there is a Pittsburgh college quarterback on the draft board and you are picking in the twenties and you just, you have to take this guy like that. There's just like ghosts of the building because in 1983, when the Pittsburgh College quarterback named Dan Marino was available for selection, the Steelers passed on him. They passed on their hometown boy who became one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It's like the one historical blemish for a franchise that has had a great, a, a great four or five decades here. So the only thing I could think of is that that played a part. The institutional ghosts. I don't know. I don't like Pickett. I, I, I don't know. I don't get what everyone is seeing. I'm got, the best thing Pickett has going for him is that he went to the Steelers, a good coach and good organization. I mean, Pickett, he basically played college football for one more year than anyone else was allowed to play quarterback at the college football level because of the COVID eligibility. He's a super senior. His sophomore junior and actual senior season, he sucked. He had 38 touchdowns, 24 interceptions in 35 games in three years, 38 touchdowns in 35 games with almost as many interceptions. That was his actual college career. That was his actual college career. Then he got this super senior year where he's three years older than every player on the field, basically, and then it's 42 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's what he did last year. I, I think Pickett is the, is the living embodiment, the example of what if, what if a backup NFL quarterback could go play college football just one more year? Drew Locke, Jacob Eason, you know, what if they could just go back just one more year? They would dominate. They would dominate with a redo. That's what Pickett did. I, I just can't see why we, he is drafted in the first round. But we talked about that already. Go check the Thursday episode out for, for more on that. Let's get to what's, what, had, what has happened since then. What's happened since then is that we're wondering where Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis, and to a lesser extent, Sam Howell and you know Matt Corral, but, but where are they going to be drafted? Because as the second round went on and on and on, and no other quarterback was drafted, we really started to get worried. And we, there was a hint of it, right? There was a hint of it, which is that no team traded into the first. So I guess if any team, this makes so much sense in retrospect, if any team had a second round inkling to draft these quarterbacks, then they would have traded into the late first. To get him because of the, the contract benefit, the contract implications. You get that fifth-year option if you take your quarterback in the first round. Well, any player, but for quarterback, it's especially especially valuable. So second round goes blank, no quarterbacks. And finally, Desmond Ritter goes to Atlanta in the third round, 74th overall. Ritter wasn't a particularly pleased man. <laughs> did not look happy. I don't can't blame him. He's, he's kind of similar to Pickett in some ways. But we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but it's weird. Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis did not see this coming. They clearly couldn't have. Why were they even in Vegas if they knew they were going to be drafted in the third round? It's embarrassing. Ritter is the QB2 in this 2022 draft class. I mean, he's, he's the QB2. So is Zach Wilson. But Zach Wilson was second overall. So is Tua, fifth overall. Daniel Jones, sixth overall. Sam Darnold, third overall. Wentz, second overall. Maria Oda, second overall. It's basically all been top 10 picks for the QB2 of the class. So for, for Ritter to go 74th is strange. I mean, the last time the second quarterback was selected out of the first round, was 2013 Geno Smith. He was picked with a seventh pick of the second round, 39th overall. But still, Ritter waited 35 more picks than Geno. Another guy who didn't look happy when he was selected, by the way, go watch Geno Smith get selected by the Jets. (laughs) Oh, man. I I thought Willis and Ritter would go in the first round. I thought they would go in the early second. But... You know, putting it all together in retrospect, looking at it, it all makes sense. From the very beginning, the quarterback class was bad. No one traded into the first to get him. So Ritter to Atlanta. What what about Ritter to Atlanta? Presumably he's going to compete with Mariota. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's a third round quarterback, so it's unlikely that they're going to say, you know, this is an open quarterback competition. If he could, if he could win it out, that would be a great sign. That would be a great sign. Desmond Ritter has some of the same knocks that I just just gave to Kenny Pickett. A longtime starter on the college football stage. Four years. Not five like Pickett. But four years. You know, I, I watched Cincinnati. I watched Desmond Ritter, you know, quarterback the Cincinnati uh, college football team. Many times. And I can tell you this. Ritter was either in a good place or a bad place. <laughs> you know, sometimes his accuracy was just Bad, 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 pitiful. And sometimes he looked ready to go to the NFL right now. And that is worrisome because NFL quarterbacking is not about the good times. It really isn't. It isn't about the highlight throws, it is about the consistency. It's about the bad times not being that bad. That's what makes great NFL quarterbacks great because they can all do insane stuff. That's how they got there. So. Ritter's going to have to clean up consistency. I don't see him necessarily pushing Mariota for this job um, based on his draft capital. That's that's what I'm basing that off of. Um, Malik Willis goes a little bit later, like 12 picks later, third round, 86 pick overall to the Tennessee Titans. So that's interesting. Another situation in which Willis is not going to be competing for the starting job uh, with Ryan Tannehill. I've seen people saying this is a great fit, great fit for for Willis, as if Derrick Henry has like any running backs go away so fast. Do you know how fast running backs go away? Derrick Henry's not going to be there for in three years. He might not be there this year. Running backs just go away all of a sudden. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley. We've seen it millions of times. Willis... This one was more surprising than Ritter, I thought. I mean, the knock on him was he he transferred from Auburn to Liberty. At Liberty, Malik Willis played, I mean, true RPO heavy, no experience in a complex NFL offense, no chance to show that he could do it. So, you know, that's, you're kind of picking this element of the unknown here. He was in the RPO and so you didn't get to see if he can really do this. You know, it's, it's, it's a mystery. Schrodinger's Schrodinger's uh, game, a playbook, you know, Um, but what Willis can do with his legs, I thought would be way more valuable. Talk about quickness, power when he angles. I mean, he just had it all and, and he's not a small guy. He's a 6'1", 2'19", so he's not like he was one of those classic college quarterbacks who... Do good in college because they're quick around the around the scrambling and stuff like that, but their size isn't going to hold up. I, I think Malik Willis is going to hold up just fine in the NFL um the knock on him I'll say you know comparing him to Lamar Jackson, which is not a very fair thing to do to any quarterback to compare to an NFL MVP, but comparing Malik Willis to Lamar Jackson, even when Lamar Jackson was you know at Louisville, Malik Willis definitely looked to run. He looked to run rather than um looking to pass and running when he had to you know Lamar Jackson showed that in Louisville and has definitely showed that in Baltimore that he he's running the offense and when he has to run, he does great things so Willis not not as much some pockets that were not breaking down he perceived as breaking down and and took off, so you know he'll 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 be back up for a while so um will'll we'll hopefully see him at some point. I mean, maybe Willis was right to go in the third round, but the whiplash experience of this weekend is just something that I don't know will be fully understood in the future, you know because it's just going to be a list of draft picks on Wikipedia, you know and it's sound now it seems like gospel Willis is a third rounder he is one, you know but he, he I mean he was universally mocked to the first round I mean as high as The second pick, as high as the second overall pick, he you saw him at six with the Panthers. You saw him with at Seahawks at ninth pick overall. Saw him to the Steelers at the twentieth pick overall. All over the place for him to wait and wait and wait was was stunning. I I think Willis waiting is more surprising to me than Desmond Ritter waiting because Ritter and Pickett have that classic like quarterback who stays a long time, who's now going to be a backup type of thing. Willis waiting was interesting to me. He he had the highest upside. So I thought teams would be tantalized by that. As they seem to always be. (laughs) Why were they so level headed this time? (laughs) Um yeah, to be I mean to be fair, the analysts were all wrong, yes. And it was funny to watch them during the broadcasts slowly realize that they were wrong and they all had different kind of reactions to this. Some anger at the teams, some like you know hedging saying, well, I had a third round grade on him, you know, but I I know I mocked him to two at second overall, but I did have a third round grade on him. You know, it's funny to watch all the analysts have to spend hours while these two quarterbacks are on the board that they said wouldn't be, you know, in all their mock drafts, but they did say from the beginning, this was a bad quarterback class. We were warned ahead of time. We were warned ahead of time. Um, but man, it, every time Seattle, Detroit or Houston had a pick is in and all the analysts are talking about, this has to be quarterback and it wasn't, you know, and for hours and hours, they had to go through this. Um, not fun. You know, a lot of draft narratives, um, fade. And I said on the, on the Thursday podcast that, you know, the draft kind of sucks because, Once it gets to actual football week one and stuff actually starts happening, everyone forgets about everything pretty much. But there is one thing that sustains, that truly lives on for the era. And if Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis is good, this will be brought up for a thousand years. (laughs) It'll be our version of the hieroglyphics of the pyramids, you know, it's like, The aliens will be studying. It appears all things started to go wrong uh, for this civilization. When all the NFL teams passed on Willis and Ritter in the first and second rounds of the 2022 NFL draft, that'll be their assessment of our civilization. If either Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis turns in a really good career, Matt Corral also went to the Panthers later in the third round, uh, Bailey Zappi, to the Patriots in the fourth round, Sam Howell to the Commanders in the fifth round. I don't care. I really don't care. Matt Corral is probably the the interesting one. I don't know that he can compete with Sam Darnold, um, but it does take the Panthers probably out of the Baker Mayfield sweepstakes, which I was really looking forward to a Mayfield-Darnold fifth-year option on the same team. And then we can go back and listen to our 2018 uh, uh, podcasts uh, when they were drafted number one and number three overall uh, for some humble pie um, that we all need sometimes. We all need it sometimes. But let's go to running back. I'm just going to go through the top guys, just the just the guys in the second round. There were no first round running backs for the first time since 2014. Um, and we we knew that that was going to happen. The running back class was designated as weak you know, along with the quarterback class, along with the tight end class. I mean, this this whole draft, you know, had some some um, some weakness to it as far as like both depth and top end talent. Um, we knew that there was Brees Hall uh, at, at Iowa State, and we knew there was Kenneth Walker the uh, Third from Michigan State. We knew that they were both in the class. They're both good players who had a lot of wear and tear. Who had did a lot of. Um, A lot of carries in college, multiple years, and and teams don't generally like that, Um, and kind of explaining why no running back went at first. But of the two, Brees Hall definitely seemed like the one that was going to project to the NFL better. He's got the great hands. He's got the passing game credentials, both pass blocking and catching the ball. So it's no surprise to see him be the first running back off the board right at the beginning of the second round, the New York Jets take him. Uh, they're building something there. It's an interesting fit. Hall is, is a benefit to Zach Wilson as one of those running backs who can be on the field for both passing and running downs. That's a big deal. Um, they're building Elijah Moore in the slot, Garrett Wilson, as we talked about on the outside, uh, we we'll talked talk about it on Thursday, we'll talk about it later in this episode as well. Corey Davis is there. The Jets have invested in the offensive line, um, though. I don't know what's going to happen with Makai Becton, but um, for the first time in years, we may want the Jets on our television sets kind of interesting on paper. This is all looking great, Um, but Brees Hall, he I'm really excited to see what he can do because um, the, the, the position is clearly gravitating towards the ability to pass catch. You, you're starting to become a liability if you can't, because when you're on the field, it tells the other team what you're gonna do. So Brees Hall is, is kind of the the ch- the one guy out of this class, I think, with a chance to to be a star. No, um, we will see. Now that, of course, I say that as a Seahawks fan, moving to Kenneth Walker III to Seattle. Um, Yeah, the Seahawks, I mean, we're just a running back away, everybody. Just a running back away. That was the problem. We just didn't have enough good running backs. Uh, never, Never mind the irony that we supposedly need a Chris Carson replacement. How do you replace Chris Carson? You use your early second round pick. Chris Carson is undrafted. It should tell you something about how important high draft capital matters to running backs. Penny was in the first round. He's a bust for like four years until the final five games. Chris Carson's undrafted, high above production for Rashad Penny for so many years. Why do we need to draft a running back early? The Seahawks at forty and forty-one overall. They took the edge rusher. They took Kenneth Walker the third. If they don't like the quarterbacks, that's fine. Uh, there's a little of fan- fandom here in my, my analysis, as you can tell, but you know, Walker is a good player. My initial reaction was pure disgust. But my reasoned reaction is that, hey, Walker is a good player, and positional value in this weaker draft class is maybe something that at some point has to be thrown away. And you just have to get players who, who play well, basically, you know, not just take the more valuable position um, at some point. So I'm excited to watch him do that. He, he has no passing game credential as I like I hinted with Hall as being the Brees Hall as being the one that was surely going to be picked first. The reason was is because everyone in their dog could see Brees Hall has the passing credentials and Kenneth Walker, the third doesn't so that that's tough. That's tough for the NFL for same reasons as, as Hall is good for the jets. That's bad for the Seahawks, but Walker has a lot of power, a lot of strength, a lot of quickness. Um, He wasn't just bursting through inferior opponents. He was playing, you know, the big time stuff, what he did to Michigan. You know, I, that was one of my favorite college football games last season to watch because of course, Michigan is coached by Jim Harbaugh, who we Seahawks fans hate. So go watch Seahawks fans go pull up Michigan Michigan State uh 2021 uh and go go watch your boy uh embarrass Jim Harbaugh out there it it's fun it's going to be fun if you didn't watch that game just watch it in its entirety and you're going to have fun <laughs> uh okay well we'll see what happens uh the only other running back taken in the second round was James Cook to Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills continue to try to try to capture the right Type of runner, you know they they went um, third round running backs in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Devin Singletary twenty nineteen, Zach Moss twenty twenty. This time they try a late second with James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother. I'm usually against the you know the oh this guy's this guy's brother is a star, so therefore he is a star. You know I don't really usually like that, but T J. Watt, Nick Bosa, kind of proving me wrong on on that theory. Um, James Cook is small though. He is small. Like I saw a lot of um a lot of scouting reports say, you know, he's 85% or 80% of Dalvin Cook, you know, both in production and size. And like those percentages like work out. <laughs> it's very funny, but Cook is, is there to play a complimentary role in Buffalo. Fantasy owners are just rolling their eyes and groaning. We've already had Singletary and Moss uh for two years. We had Singletary and, and Gore before they drafted Moss. Like it's always something, right? Buffalo and the and the running back committee. Well, let me tell you, I'm aging myself terribly, but fantasy managing Thurman Thomas back in the day, you hated Kenneth Davis. You hated him bills. Why are you giving Kenneth Davis the touchdown? It's 30 years, 30 years. And I hope there's at least one fantasy owner out there who one fantasy manager out there who had Thurman Thomas. And was just like, Oh, Kenneth Davis. Hope I was able to give that to somebody. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm sure there'll be some hype on some of the other running backs, you know, Rashad white. Uh, he went to Tampa Bay, um, had really good numbers actually he was probably my most surprising uh forty time and just like athletic numbers because uh he didn't look fast uh, when i watched him <laughs> and there, there's always guys like that um davis price to the 49ers who cares don't worry about that 49ers are who who knows what running back will will be with the 49ers um and there's a there's a couple other ones that's that's the third round there's more in the fourth and fifth round but um running backs you know dime a dozen am i right um I I'll be more interested to talk about the running backs and the and the excitement when it's when it's um training camp time. You know, cuz that's when you can kind of talk about the especially the fantasy relevant parts of it um you know, who's going to get the volume. That's important. The talent that is also important, you know, but um less so than the volume. It, it's completely true with with running backs. So that's quarterbacks, that's running backs. I will be back for receivers as their own separate episode because I really want to go through, especially the first two rounds, really want to go through every receiver selected. No offense to running backs, but receivers, they do tend to have a little bit more um, uh, impact on the game, one. And second, I think kind of what I was just saying there, receiver volume versus talent. Talent with a receiver tends to bring about volume you know it it brings about volume because their talent gets them there you know gets the trust with the quarterback gets them open gets them into the game plan whereas running back volume you know isn't necessarily about talent it's more about health and situation and about your offensive line and about your passing game you know and all the and your defense and your game scripts and all that stuff yada 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 receivers is a lot more interesting to talk about to me because a guy can talent himself into all the volume um and and so it's a little bit more interesting to talk about so we'll be back muckle to football show thank you for tuning in this is a, a weak draft but a fun draft we're having we're we are having we're and we're gonna have fun damn it all right good night and goodbye